Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms to be encouraged, nurtured, and inspired. Also, you'll learn the latest in teen research and trends and get practical parenting tips. You really can improve your relationship with your teen and enjoy the teenage years. Welcome back, everybody. This is the 40th episode of Power Your Parenting, Moms with Teens podcast. Today, we're going to talk about why curiosity makes you a better parent and how to instill the power of curiosity to your teen. So we're going to talk about why curiosity makes you a better parent and a better human being. You'll learn how healthy curiosity dials down drama, improves your relationships, especially relationship with your teen. Curiosity keeps you young and vibrant. Curiosity is directly related to happiness and success. Instilling curiosity to your teen is one of the best gifts you can give them. And there is a dark and dangerous side to curiosity that we will also discuss and teens are especially vulnerable to. And remember, curiosity killed the cat. So there are two defining moments where curiosity changed my life. And the first one was when I had just graduated from high school and I had met Vince. Okay, a little context. Before that, I went to a Catholic high school and I believed I was not a good student. I knew I was a good artist, but I didn't think I was smart because I didn't make good grades. High school felt like a lot of memorization about things I just wasn't interested in. Homework and studying was something I had to do or I'd get in trouble. I hated school and I couldn't wait till I got out. My grades were mediocre. I passed my core classes and I made A's in my art classes. And then when I was 18, I met Vince. He loved school, he loved learning, and I thought, what is wrong with him? But he had a huge smile. His eyes were clear and his face was all shiny. And because he was cute, I kept listening to him. And I asked him, why would you like school? And then I saw this huge treasure that he had, but I was missing in my education, curiosity. To me, school was something that was forced on me by others. I was externally motivated to study, but I had no internal motivation at all. But Vince had that secret weapon to learning, which was curiosity. He was genuinely curious, interested in learning. He was motivated internally to study and was guided to learn by his curiosity. This gave him energy and enthusiasm. Curiosity made all the difference. Vince gave me a huge gift. I thought a lot about what he said. I found that curiosity did make all the difference. Because of this, I not only graduated with good grades in college, but my curiosity led me to complete three master's degrees. My second defining moment about curiosity came from my psychotherapy mentor, George Pulliam. This changed my life and my career. I was 30 years old. I was doing my internship for marriage and family therapy at University of Texas Mental Science Institute in the Family Studies Center. I was being supervised by George to get my hours to become a licensed marriage and family therapist and licensed professional counselor. 
We saw a huge diversity of clients in the outpatient clinic. Um, The thing that's crazy is that the most inexperienced interns often see the most difficult and complex cases, which was true for me. I found that it's a lot easier to be in the room with those who are victims of abuse and extremely difficult to be in the room with the abusers. I was extremely triggered by hearing about what they had done and their attitudes about it. And I wanted to say things like, you are the worst human being ever. How could you ever do something like that? Or I'd freeze up and not know what to say, which happened several times. And then I would take a break from the session and talk to George. What I learned from George is my reactions and judgments and assumptions totally ended the conversation. Or another way to say it is that my reactions, judgments, assumptions created a wall that kept me from understanding all the factors that were impacting my client. And I needed to know this if I was going to help him. This was not at all condoning the client's behavior, but it was a key to understanding their stories and behavior. If I was going to help them as a therapist, I needed to know their assumptions, excuses, reasons, justifications, interpretations, and actions if I was going to be informed about the best course of treatment. George taught me curiosity was a state of mind in which my questions flowed. I had been functioning from a judgmental state of mind, and my questions reflected that. He told me you could ask anything if you asked it from a state of curiosity and not judgment, and that the clients would feel it safe to open up. So I tried it, and it worked over and over again. I could address the elephant in the room, and the client wouldn't get defensive or lash out. They really would open up. Often I'd be surprised at what I would learn. I have now been a psychotherapist for 27 years, and because of curiosity, I still love what I do. It's the catalyst for me to continue to learn and grow myself, and my clients benefit from my curiosity. Curiosity works with adults and teens. I had a session with a 16-year-old, Avery, who came home drunk after curfew. Her and her friend each drank five blueberry mojitos, called a taxi to take them home, and then thought it was funny to not tell the taxicab driver their home address. Frustrated, he dumped these girls out in the middle of a neighborhood at 1 a.m. Her mom brought Avery to see me. When I met with Avery, I said, I'm curious, why did you drink five blueberry mojitos? That's kind of a lot, and that's expensive. And she said, well, I didn't intend to, but they just tasted so good. Then I said something like, I'm curious, why did you think it was funny to not tell the driver your address? And she goes, I don't know. At the time, it just seemed really funny. And then I said, do you think that's funny now? I know that kind of sounds sarcastic, but when I was in the room with Avery, I truly was just curious. Like, why in the heck would she do this? Avery felt that, and she gave me great information that would allow me to help her. She realized, yeah, it was dumb and could have put her in danger. So what I learned from George is that you can talk about the hard things when you're curious and avoid that wall of silence or the anger or the defensiveness. 
That curious state of mind not only works in therapy, but it works with parenting. And so what we want is to be adults with a healthy curiosity and instill that trait to our teens. So what is the definition of curiosity? Well, it's an eager desire to know, an inquisitiveness, the desire to learn or know about anything. Walt Disney once said, We keep moving forward, opening new doors, and doing new things because we're curious. And curiosity keeps leading us down new paths. Albert Einstein said, I have no special talent. I am only passionately curious. So, what's good about curiosity? Well, one, curiosity makes us feel alive. We were born curious. There is a sense of wonder, playfulness, adventure, exploration that is a natural trait in children. From picking up shells at the beach or trying to catch a wave that's crashing into the sand. Curiosity is not just for the young. It's the trait that keeps us young no matter what age we are. This compelling drive to explore new territories is fun, interesting, and exciting. This combination of exploration and novelty is awesome for the brain. It's great for brain development, but curiosity sets us on a journey to encounter the new and the novel, which gives us those feel-good chemicals like dopamine. In other words, curiosity gives us a feel-good dopamine hit. So what's good about curiosity? Well, two, curious people are happier. Research has shown curiosity to be associated with higher levels of positive emotions, lower levels of anxiety, more satisfaction with life, and greater psychological well-being. Of course, it may be at least partially that people who are already happier tend to be more curious, but since novelty makes us feel good, like I said before, it seems likely that it goes the other direction as well. All right, so what's good about curiosity? Three, curiosity boosts achievement. Studies reveal that curiosity leads to more enjoyment and participation in school and higher academic achievement, as well as greater learning, engagement, and performance at work. It may seem like common sense, but when we are more curious about and interested in what we're doing, it's easier to get involved, put effort in, and do well. Curiosity is a key component to creativity. You need curiosity to be an actor, compose a song, choreograph a dance, to write a novel, to start a business, create new products. It's a foundational to all of creativity. All right, so what's good about curiosity? Four, curiosity can expand our empathy. When we are curious about others and talk to people outside our usual social circle, we become better able to understand those with lives, experiences, and worldviews different than our own. So next time that you have the chance to talk with a stranger or your teenager, especially someone who may be quite dissimilar to you, try engaging with them on a personal level, respectfully, of course, and show them that you are interested in what they have to say. So what's good about curiosity? Curiosity helps strengthen relationships. One study asked strangers to pose and answer personal questions 
a process scientists called reciprocal self-disclosure. They found that people were rated as warmer and more attractive if they showed real curiosity in the exchange. While other variables like the person's social anxiety and their levels of positive and negative emotions did not affect the partner's feelings of attraction and closeness. This implies that demonstrating curiosity towards someone is a great way to build your closeness with them. Okay, let's talk about parenting and curiosity. Curiosity decreases drama, increases empathy, and strengthens our relationship with our teens. The challenge for all parents is when the teenage bomb has been just dropped, like, Mom, I failed my finals, so I failed those two classes. And especially when your daughter said, Hey, Mom, I got this. Or another bomb, like when you find weed in your son's car. And when that bomb has been dropped, it's really hard to be curious and not just lose it and yell, What the blank were you thinking? Curiosity doesn't work when you are freaked out, angry, panicked, shocked, or when your teen is angry, crying buckets of tears, or super anxious. When that bomb has been dropped, the best you can do is just contain the situation like, okay, you need to go to your room or give me your car keys, because both of you need some space to calm down. It's very, very easy to jump to conclusions and get really mad or disappointed and just vent your feelings and assumptions towards your teen. This approach does not help your parenting. It just escalates drama and builds walls. But after there's been some time and space and both of you have calmed down, curiosity is really, really helpful. And by curiosity, I don't mean saying something like, I'm curious why the blank was there weed in the car, or I'm curious why you want to ruin your life by blowing off your finals. Any question coming towards your teen with a why in front of it is going to feel more like a statement and will feel judgmental. You want to approach your daughter or son from a curious state that is open-ended, caring, and strong. Curiosity gives your teen space to talk, and they're going to be less defensive and more open. If you hammer your teen with close-ended questions like, why did you blow off your finals? Or why is there weed in your car? You will get predictable answers like, I did study. Or, I don't know. Or, it's not my weed. I don't know how it got there. Curiosity is going to take you to where you want to go, to something bigger and more comprehensive than when you're just trying to pin your teen down to admit they screwed up. You do want to get to the why, but you just can't use why in the question. You want to see what were all the factors that ended up with weed in the car or failing finals. In the example of failing finals, you want to get curious about why that happened instead of being mad it happened. And that's going to take some time, and that's why you need some space. But what was going on emotionally for your daughter? Was there friend drama, boyfriend drama? What was her confidence level? Did she not understand the material and too embarrassed to ask? Is this immaturity, like not thinking of the long-term consequences? Is this anxiety where she freezes up on the test? 
knowing this will allow you to speak into her life and know how to help her so that she won't repeat this mistake. Curiosity makes it about them and not you. As a parent, you have your reactions to her actions. You can take it personally. You feel like a failure. You worry about her. You're angry. But it can't be about you right now. You want to be curious about her. You do this by asking open-ended questions like, You said that you felt like you studied for your finals, so how are you feeling about your history and science grades? What do you think happened? Where do you think you need help? What would you do differently? You want to be able to understand the big context under the failed grades, because knowing this will inform you and her what help she needs, what structure or consequences. And the same with the weed discussion. If you try to pin him down, he will lie and blame it on someone else. Part of what we're up to is assessing the teenage faulty brake system and where his undeveloped prefrontal cortex is not kicking in. He obviously put himself at risk with having weed in the car. And so you want to get curious about why he got himself in that situation. Is it peer pressure? And does he drive while he's intoxicated or high? How much does he smoke weed? Does he feel like he needs weed because he's anxious? Is he using weed to numb? And why does he feel he needs to numb? But you can ask him open-ended questions like, What does he think about weed? What would have happened if he'd been pulled over by the police? How does he feel about teens using weed? And why are teens drawn to weed? What would his friends say if he said, You can't bring weed into the car, or I don't want to smoke weed? What would they do? These questions will at least give you more information on how much weed is a part of his life and social life and his thoughts about it and where he's stuck. Again, this opens up more conversation than if you just said, don't do weed. It doesn't change his consequences like being grounded from the car, but curiosity can help you come up with better consequences and foster learning conversations and assess if he needs more professional help. Now, when you combine curiosity with fear or worry, it can go to the dark side. You've heard the saying, morbid curiosity. The definition of morbid curiosity is a curiosity which is so compelling that the curious person is driven to satisfy it, even though he or she knows or strongly suspects that they probably won't like what they find or otherwise find something which is irrelevant or unsatisfying. We don't want to bury our heads in the sand when we suspect our teens are in trouble. For example, if you notice that your son has been really agitated and not himself, and his grades have dropped, you might worry or wonder, is he using drugs? And then you think, I mean, should I get a drug test? But you might be afraid to do it because you might find out that he's using drugs. But here's where a little morbid curiosity is helpful. It's important to not ignore the signs that your son seems off, even if you find out he's using drugs. This morbid curiosity is good when you have an intuition and you see a behavior that really concerns you, like your daughter seems depressed, and you see a big change in her behavior. 
She doesn't want to go out of her room. She doesn't talk to her friends. She's not eating and doesn't want to get out of her bed. And let's say she left her diary journal on the kitchen table. And then you're just curious, like, what's in her journal? Do you read it or not? And you might be scared of what you might read. But then you decide to start reading her journal to see if she's okay. And in the situation where you think your daughter may have a serious depression, it could actually save her life by reading it. But then that takes us to another whole different category. So when does this morbid curiosity become meddling? Okay, healthy curiosity versus meddling. Meddling, this definition, is to involve oneself in a matter without right or invitation, to interfere officiously and unwantedly or annoyingly to meddle in someone's private affairs. And now we come to that world of gray in parenting. Our teens need privacy and they need to be monitored. Welcome to the confusing landscape of parenting a teen. So, is it healthy curiosity or meddling when you read your daughter's journal? Most of the time, I'd say it's meddling, unless you are legitimately worried about your teen, like I was talking about before. I would recommend not reading your daughter's journal if your daughter seems to be being okay, and I counsel this for both of you. She needs a place to name her feelings and vent and write down whatever tsunami of emotions she was feeling at that moment. Because an hour later, she's probably moved on and forgotten what she wrote or even why she was upset. So if you read her journal, it can cause you unnecessary panic and stress or really hurt your feelings. All right, so is it healthy curiosity or meddling if you read all her texts and posts on social media? Well... It depends. It could be meddling or monitoring. It depends on the intent behind it. Are you overly in the weeds with the details of your daughter's life? Or are you looking at it as a way to monitor her content and make sure she has accountability for what she's posting and that it's appropriate? Again, your teen has a right to some privacy. And it's important your teen has accountability for their social media use, especially in middle school and early high school. It's not meddling if you are upfront with your teen and let them know that you will be checking their social media periodically. So is it healthy curiosity or meddling? So is it healthy curiosity or meddling if you check online grades? Well, again, it depends. If it becomes obsessive, checking, it's not good for you or your teen. First of all, I can't tell you how many moms I've talked to have been so stressed out by checking online grades, and it's not even accurate. A typical scenario is a mom gets online and sees a zero for a test or homework score and gets mad at her daughter only to find out that the teacher hadn't entered the grades yet. So to keep it in the healthy curiosity lane, you want to make this a conversation with your daughter and not jump to conclusions like saying, you know you have an F in three of your classes. Instead, be curious and open with her. Check out what you saw first. 
find that place of curiosity, that state of curiosity. You know, I got on grade speed or whatever you call the online grade thing and saw that you have two zeros in Spanish. Do you know what that's about? Okay, positive and negative impact of curiosity on teens. Education and curiosity. Yes, you want your teens to attend schools and have teachers instill curiosity in your teens' education. In other words, that teachers would entice teens to explore, question, wonder, that they would impart a desire to learn or inquisitiveness so that your teen would be internally motivated to learn. But our culture today has a strong impact on education. The educational system that influences teachers pressures teens to make good grades and have a high grade point average so that they can get in a good university. This has become the primary goal, and instilling a desire to learn seems to be secondary. This pressure to make good grades can kill curiosity and the joy of learning. This is why kids are not motivated to study, or when they are motivated, it's because they are super stressed about getting good grades, but not curious about learning. And parents, we can feel this pressure too, so we can become obsessed about grades. So we ask questions like, what grade did you make on the test? Instead of, what are you learning? Here's what you can do. Model curiosity for your daughter. When my daughter was in middle school, she wasn't a great student. She wasn't internally motivated to study. She had ADD and homework took forever. And I wasn't even conscious about this, but at that time, I was really excited about what I was learning about the brain. My daughter heard me talk to my friends and colleagues about it. I would share with my daughter cool brain facts, even though she'd say, oh my gosh, why are you talking about the brain again? But now, years later, she's sharing cool brain facts with me. Curiosity is such a part of my life that I don't even realize when I'm being curious. But often when I'm around my daughter, I would say things like, so I wonder why? And I'd say that about a kajillion things. So now when I say, I wonder why, my daughter is on her phone Googling the answer, and we're having a discussion about it. I'm happy that my daughter has that gift of being curious and is internally motivated to learn. And she's now pursuing studies in holistic medicine. But there's a dark side of curiosity for teens and can put our teens in danger. Well, you've heard that expression, curiosity killed the cat. Well, teens are curious about all sorts of things like drinking and sex and drugs and boys and girls and dating and bars and partying. And they have this curiosity to experience these adult pleasures fueled by that drive for the dopamine reward. Teens also have those faulty breaks of that undeveloped prefrontal cortex, meaning that voice in their head that would say, this is not a good idea. You could get arrested or pregnant. You could fail that class. This is not safe. You could get raped. So since that voice is missing and that drive for excitement and the curiosity is so strong, that's why the teens need you to be their prefrontal cortex and their brakes, 
because curiosity is such a strong drive. So curiosity and social media. Here's another place that your teen needs you to step in and monitor their curiosity, and that's with social media. A psychologist wrote, Even when being actively curious is not in your best interest, that quest to discover something new can be like an itch that must be scratched. As an example, we all know the feeling of being snagged by a clickbait title that coaxes you down a rabbit hole by clicking on a vapid website link that threatens to turn your brain into mush. Masters of clickbait titles have a knack for creating a teaser that hits that sweet spot of just enough information to arouse a level of intrigue that leaves you wanting more. And the only way to appease your curiosity is to take that bait and click on the link. So if clickbait works on adults, it's really going to work on our teens. Your teens are curious about what their friends are doing on social media, what they're posting, how many likes they're getting. They get curious about websites that they shouldn't go to. They are curious about pornography. They are curious about a band and they get swallowed up in their fanfare. And as you know, there are lots of places our teens can go on the internet that they should not go to. So this is just another reason that your teens need you to step in and monitor their social media. So yeah, there is a shadow side of curiosity that we need to be aware of. However, healthy curiosity is the secret sauce of a well-lived life. And again, curiosity makes us feel alive and vibrant, can make us happier, boosts achievement and creativity, expands our empathy, helps strengthen relationships, including our teens, and can open new doors and possibility. So mom, let's start with you. It's time to get curious. Model that for your teen. So what are you curious about? Hey, everybody, this concludes this week's episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. I have some other great resources for you. You can head over to ColleenOGrady.com. That has two L's and two E's. You can sign up for my Dial Down the Drama triple pack. It's absolutely free. You get a copy of my free ebook, Seven Ways to Help Your Daughter and Yourself, a free chapter from my best-selling and award-winning book, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict and Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, a Guide for Mothers Everywhere. And you get a free subscription to my weekly easing. I always have a helpful article for you. If you're ready to pick up your copy of Dial Down the Drama, you can find it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. For daily encouragement, follow me on Instagram or Facebook at Colleen O'Grady, Dial Down the Drama. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.